And uh, But anyway, keep your Bibles in hand as we're going to look at a few other verses. Uh, the Bible tells a story here of the wise men. Now, typically, uh, you will see a manger scene and you will see uh, shepherds up there and you'll also see wise men there. But uh, the truth is the wise men were not at the manger scene with the shepherds. They came later. In fact, it was uh, probably a two-month journey uh, from where they came from to not the manger, but they came to the house where the young child was. Uh, but I want to preach to you this morning on the subject, why were the wise men called wise men? Uh, why were they called that? And there are two basic reasons, and I'll give those to you in the message uh, this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray in hunger for your power and presence as I preach the message today. I yield myself to you the best way I know how, and I ask you, Lord, to use me as a tool, as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will. I believe the message to be one of importance. Bless those that are here, those that are watching online, around the country, and across the world, wherever they may be. I pray that you'd bless the truth of this message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Bible is filled with many examples of wisdom and wise people. For example... The first two sons of Adam and Eve were Cain and Abel. They were instructed that they were to give an offering to God that was an acceptable offering, which would have included the shedding of blood. So Abel gave of the first of his flock to God in sacrifice and worship to him. Uh, but Cain did not. Cain uh, gave him the first fruit of the ground. Cain gave God what he wanted to give God, not what God asked him to give. Therefore, uh, the Bible says that Abel's offering was accepted. Uh, Cain's was not. And Cain was very angry uh, that his offering was not accepted. And of course, uh, you know, that anger became jealousy and he killed his brother Abel. Abel was the wise man because he listened and he listened to and obeyed the voice of God. Now there are many that fall into the category of Abel today. They give God what he desires. And yet there's a multitude like Cain who in men's wisdom give God what they want him to have rather than what God asks for. I contend that Abel is the wise of the two. I believe as I go through the scripture that Noah was a wise man. Certainly he went against the majority and he didn't do what the crowd was doing. Uh, Noah, he listened to the warning of God and he built an ark to the saving of his house. The rest of the world, they died. They drowned in the flood. I contend that the majority opinion of that day was not the opinion of wisdom, but Noah was the man of wisdom because he listened to and he obeyed the voice of God. As you go through the Bible, I believe Ruth made a decision of wisdom. You may know the story, Naomi and Elimelech went down to Moab 
the Bible says, their intention was just to sojourn. But after 10 years or more, they weren't just visiting, they had moved to Moab. Moab was a wicked place, a terrible place to be. It was out of the will of God. They'd left Bethlehem, Judah. And the Bible says that Elimelech died, Malon and Chilion died. That was their two sons. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, I'm going back to Bethlehem. I'm going back to Bethlehem, Judah. Uh, you girls can stay here. You can find another husband. Uh, you can marry. You can go on uh, with life. Uh, Orpah decided that's what she would do, but Ruth made a decision of wisdom. Uh, she said, I'm going to go with you, and your people are going to be my people. And then she said, your God is going to be my God. Now, that wasn't the majority opinion, but it was the decision of wisdom. Esther, in the providence of God, became the queen of the land, but through her uncle Mordecai, I learned that the people, the Jews, were going to be killed. In fact, a letter from the king had already been written and signed and sealed, and it was in the process of, of being delivered, and on a certain day all the Jews would die. Mordecai I went to Esther, and he said, you should go to the king. She said, it's not wise to go to the king. If, you don't, if the king doesn't ask you to come into his presence, you can lose your life. And Mordecai I said, all of God's people are going to lose their lives if you don't do something. And Esther made a difficult but a wise decision. She declared, if I perish, I perish. She went before the king, and as you know the story, not only was her life, but all of the Jews, uh, they were saved alive. Esther made a decision of wisdom. Andrew was wise to bring people to Jesus. David was wise when he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Martha was wise enough to love and to care for Jesus in her home. Mary was wise enough to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear his teaching and to hear his words. Solomon was wise enough when he was asked, Solomon, I'll give whatever you desire, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And Solomon did not choose wealth or fame or riches. He did not. He said, Lord, I desire that you give me wisdom. The Bible says wisdom has more value than gold. The Bible says wisdom has more value than silver. What is wisdom? Wisdom is hearing the voice of God and obeying the voice of God. And we find Solomon, he chose wisdom. Now we come to Matthew chapter 2 and we find the story here of these men. I don't know how many. There may have been three. There may have been twelve. The Bible doesn't say. So it doesn't matter. There may be three wise men in your front yard right now. Maybe there were three. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I do know that there were wise men and they were recognized as wise men because they sought the Lord. The Lord had given them a light. God had given them a witness. He had spoken to them. And I'll go through how that happened in just a moment. And they responded to that and they came looking 
for the Christ child. Now I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs, close to the very middle of your Bible. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9. I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse number 10 of Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 9 and verse number 10, the Bible says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now the word fear does not mean that I'm afraid he is going to abuse me. It means that I have a respect for who he is, the power that he has, and for his will. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Go over to Proverbs chapter 15 and notice what he says down here in verse number 33. We're talking about men and women of the Bible that were wise and why were they wise? They responded to the witness of God and they sought him. Notice Proverbs 15 and verse number 33, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. There are three characteristics of these wise men in Matthew chapter 2 that I believe are still characteristic of men that I would say are wise men. Now we live in a world of education, but we don't live in a world of wise men. Uh, we live in the world of scholarship. We live in the world of, of uh, the uh, academia and all of the uh, prestigious uh, institutions of higher learning. And yet when I compare all of that to the Bible and I see how God defines wisdom, not all of the educated are wise. And not all the simple-minded are foolish. What are those three characteristics that we find here? I, I see them and I desire them in my life. I desire them in our life. I'm encouraged by your presence here on the Sunday after Christmas, you being in church this morning. The first thing I want to point out is the wise men responded to his call. They responded to his call. The Bible says in verse number one that they were wise men. Now that uh, comes from the word or the term magi, M-A-G-I. And that word, if you look it up, will find that it refers to men that are skilled in philosophy or reason, medicine, religion, and natural science. Some of them in this group of magi or wise men were soothsayers or interpreters of dreams. These were greatly interested in astrology. They, they, they studied the sun, the moon, the stars. They, they, they studied astrology. And their attention must have been arrested by the star that led them to the Christ child. Now the Bible says they came from the east. It doesn't matter exactly the town or the country they came from, but the Bible says that they came from the east. It is believed that they came from the region of Mesopotamia or 
ancient Babylon. Now think with me for just a few moments. Put your thinking cap on there and think with me just for a few moments. It's interesting to note that the men of that region did have access to a good part of the scripture of that day. They have the law, Matthew, Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, that's the, that's the gospels. Those of you who laughed were listening. Those of you who didn't were daydreaming. Uh, the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Somebody said, what do you say? Did I miss a good joke? No, you didn't. I just messed up. That's all. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And they had access to the writing of the prophets. These men of the east of old Babylon had access to the scripture. Remember, there were Jews that had been taken to Babylon years earlier as slaves. You recall the history of the nation of Israel. They lived in Babylon for several decades. We read times in the Bible that a remnant would return for a particular reason. Nehemiah took a remnant and he rebuilt the wall around the city of Jerusalem. Uh, we find uh, uh, in uh, other books of the Bible in the Old Testament as they would go back uh, uh, and they rebuilt the temple. Haggai was one of the preachers that encouraged them in a time of discouragement uh, as they were rebuilding building the temple there in Jerusalem. But many of them stayed behind in Babylon. Many of them were slaves. There were some of them, as we read the Old Testament, they rose to prominence in those days. They were uh, men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They rose to prominence because they wouldn't bow before the king. Remember, Belshazzar said, uh, at the sound of the music, everybody bowed down and worshiped the image. And they wouldn't do it because they were taught, they were taught from the scripture. They weren't to bow down to anyone except the God of heaven. Then there was Daniel. He rose to great prominence. He was one of the leaders of the day uh, in the land of Babylon. We found that story repeated. It's important to note that they had the book of Daniel and Daniel's book of prophecy told about the coming of the Lord. That the Lord was coming. He was coming as a Christ child. He was coming as a Messiah, God with us. Ezekiel penned his book while living in Babylon. Do you know quite a few of the Psalms were written by the exiles that were living in Babylon? Even in the law, Moses wrote, Numbers chapter 24, verse number 17, about a star that will rise out of Jacob. Isn't it interesting, this is another sermon for another time, the devil is a counterfeiter. And the majority of the world is following the stars of the devil, the stars of the world. I sure am thankful that there were some wise enough to know the word of God and they followed the right star. He said in the book of Numbers, a star out of Jacob. And the Bible says, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now think about it. Many educated men would look at the scripture and say, oh, that's, that's just a bunch of uh, ideas and 
uh, old wives' fables and tales and, and just imaginations, and that's what they say today. Oftentimes they mock it, and they mock those of us uh, that believe it. By the way, uh, put me on record, I believe every word in it. I believe it from Genesis to Revelation. I even read that, I believe that part right there where it says genuine cowhide leather uh, that that Bible is wrapped in. I believe it all. I believe that King James Bible. Now there are those that reject it. There are those that laugh at it. There are those that mock it. But there were some. They'd read in Numbers. They'd read in the Psalms. They'd read in the Proverbs that a star would rise out of Jacob and a scepter would rise out of Israel. When word came to these men of the birth of Christ with the knowledge they have they had, they moved and responded to go and see Jesus. Let, let me pause to say there's great power not only in the word, but there's power in the witness. We find both of them there. They even asked Herod. Uh, the smart, educated men said, Now, anybody have any idea where he might have been born? They said, Well, the prophet said. And nobody here knows the answers, but those that wrote about it 900 years ago, they had enough sense to believe the God of heaven. They wrote about it. I can tell you where he is. And they read of Micah, and they read of, of Daniel, and they read of Isaiah, the power and word of a witness. And these men responded to the knowledge they had, and they traveled many miles to find the Christ child. May I say today, even today, wise men still seek Jesus. Now, now, don't misunderstand the scripture where the Bible says that no man seeks God. We do not seek God out of our desire, but wise men respond to the Word and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that He's looking for us, and wise men respond to the Word of God, and wise men respond to the Spirit of God. I'll say right now, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart saying, you need to be saved. I know exactly the conversation that's going on. The devil says he's right. You need to be saved, but don't do it today. Do that next Sunday or do that tomorrow or do that next week. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Wise men respond to the witness and to the word of God. You see, when someone knows the consequences of unbelief and does nothing about it, that person is not living a life based on wisdom. They're rejecting truth. That's not wise. Take your Bibles and go to John 8, 24. Boy, my clock is running fast this morning. John 8, 24. John 8, 24. Notice what the Bible says in John 8, 24. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. A wise man will receive that. A fool will reject it. Take your Bibles go back to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Notice, if you will, in verse number 1. 
Now a wise man will receive the truth, but a man with no wisdom will reject the truth. Wise men still respond to him. Proverbs 29.1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Go to Proverbs chapter 9, if you will. Proverbs chapter 9. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 12. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 12. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shall bear it. I'm reading from Psalm number 14 now. Psalm number 14. Wise men respond to the word of God. Wise men respond to the witness or the preaching of the word of God. Psalm 14 verse number 1 the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now I want to say this morning, I'm glad you're here because you've responded to the Holy Spirit of God. You've responded to the witness of God. Now you may be here, you've not yet received Christ as your personal Savior, but you responded. Someone invited you to come and hear the Word of God preached today, and you responded. I want to say, don't stop now. Go all the way and receive Christ as your personal Savior. A fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. I know there's a crowd that says of me that believes the Word of God. Why, well, he's a fool. He's He's crazy, but I know what God said of me and of you. The Bible says that you're wise if you respond to him, and the fool is the one that says there is no God. These men were wise men because they responded to the word and to the witness. By the way, let, let me challenge us in this age where information is so easy. Be a student of the Bible. I want to challenge you to read the Word of God. There was a day that laymen in the pews had a better Bible knowledge and understanding than some preachers do in the pulpit today. You ought to know the Word of God. You shouldn't believe a thing I say because I say it. You ought to believe it because God said it in His Word. We have folks today that follow people. We don't want to follow people. We want to follow the Savior. We want to follow Christ. We want to follow God. We want to follow what His Word said. The wise men were wise because they followed the Scripture. They responded. Let me give you the second part of the message. Wise men still rejoice in who He is. They're still praising God. Go back to the story, Matthew chapter 2. Notice what he says in verse number 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Look at verse number 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. When they found him, they worshiped him. In our world today, the wisest among us are not the scholars, are not the scientists, are not the leaders of our nation. 
the wisest people in our world today are those both young and old who are willing to fall down at the feet of the Master, at the feet of the Lord Jesus, at the throne of God and worship Him for who He is. When we think about Him and what He's done for us, we can't help but to praise Him. When we think of how good God has been to us, when we think of how good God is to us, when we think of His promises for the future, how can we keep but praising His name and singing in the songs? And I'm thankful for those songwriters that have the ability to put into words the feelings of our heart and mind that we can lift our voice and we can praise the God of heaven. Those who know Him Worship Him and praise Him. The psalmist said in Psalm 126, verse number 3, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. The Bible says in John 4, verse number 23, But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. You want to activate God in your life, dear friend. If you'll praise God, if you'll worship God, you'll not go through a day without His presence and without His power. God desires for us to praise Him for who He is. Take your Bibles and go to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, this is a scene in heaven. I believe Revelation chapter 4, the beginning of it is the, what we refer to as the rapture of the church, the catching away of the bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 4, when we come to verse number 10, we see the scene, the Bible says, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying... Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Together, you and I today, we come to church, and yes, we enjoy the fellowship. And yes, we understand the instruction not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But the real reason that we're here today is to say thank you, Lord, for your goodness to me and my life from the day of salvation and all of the many blessings that we enjoy. They were wise men because they responded. They were wise men because they praised him. And I'll give you the last thing. They were wise men because they served him. The Bible tells us in verse number 11, that they brought gifts. Now, now, the Bible tells us where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. It's just the honest truth. Uh, you can't preach on heart without treasure and treasure without heart. You, you, you can say you love somebody, uh, but, 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 if, but if you don't give out of your heart, there's no love. We love by what we invest in. 
Uh, it's no sacrifice to care for our children. It's no sacrifice to provide for our children. That's what we desire to do. That's why uh, you work, and that's why you work even overtime to provide for your children. What we love, we give to, and these wise men, they come, and I don't have time to preach all of this, but I'll just make a few statements. They served him, or they were giving their heart because they gave their treasure. Are you with me this morning? You understand what I'm saying? That when you love somebody, you just, you, you want to give. The first gave gold. Gold represents or recognizes Jesus as king. In some countries, no one could approach a king without a gift. The wise men brought him gold, acknowledging him to be a king. Since we never meet Jesus on equal footing, we should always bow in submission before our Lord and acknowledge Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Wise men recognize Jesus as the King of kings. I get frustrated about what's going on in our nation and our world. I know too much of America's history to go through life and what we're going through today without being frustrated, understanding we don't have to be living like this. We, we don't have to be recognizing every wicked sin as a minority of something that ought to be praised. When the Bible doesn't recognize it as a minority, the Bible recognizes that behavior is sin and wickedness. We don't, we don't have to be living there. And it's, it's frustrating. And the truth is, it would be overcoming except for the fact, my God, my King is in control. And even we see in these stories of Christmas how God was in control. Herod thought he was the king and he thought he would trick the wise men and say, tell me where he is so I can go worship him. And God says to the wise men, he don't want to worship him, he wants to kill him. Go back another route, don't go back to Herod. And you know who was in control? Not Herod the king, but Jesus the king. I've got to finish. I'm trying. The frankincense represented Christ as priest. Go ahead and stand with me. It represented him, Christ as the priest. Frankincense, frankincense was a priestly gift. It was used in the worship at the temple when sacrifices were offered to God. When I got on my knees this morning, according to the Bible, my prayers as they went up, they went up as a sweet-smelling savor to God. And that's what he enjoyed, as you would light a candle and enjoy that aroma. When you get on your knees and you begin to pray, you're doing what the wise men did when they offered frankincense. You're offering up prayers to God, and in turn, Jesus at the right hand of the Father is praying for us. They also gave him myrrh. It was an embalming fluid. It preserved the body. Uh, but you know what he did for me? He didn't embalm me to keep me like I was, dead. He gave me new life. And he didn't fill me with embalming fluid. He filled me with everlasting life. And I praise him today as the king. They say we're foolish. I say a fool has said in his heart there is no God. Wise men still seek him.